Welcome to the High Tech Freedom Podcast. This is a podcast where we bring successful tech sales professionals, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs to share best practices, insights, and lessons learned with other tech sales professionals. As a sales professional, the more we learn, the more we earn. Once we earn it, how can we put those hard-earned commission dollars back to work to build additional income streams that will create the freedom we are all working to achieve? I'm your host, Chris Freeman. I'm a high-tech sales leader, real estate investor, and lifetime learner. How are you balancing your high-demanding sales role, fitness, and nutrition? Well, my guest today, Brian, shared a story about going from the best physically fit time in his life to the absolute worst, but doing this and letting this happen while crushing his sales performance. So as you can imagine, you know, he, he wasn't happy. So as a result, he went deep into learning about nutrition, exercise, and ultimately just creating a little bit more of a balanced life. And he ended up having his best year ever after that while actually working less. So tune in. Hope you enjoy the episode. All right, Brian, welcome to the High Tech Freedom Podcast. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm really excited to have you on. So uh, we've never met before, so I'm excited to learn a little bit more about you. Um, Tell my audience a little bit more about yourself, your background in sales, and what you're doing now. Yeah. Well, sales has been my life. I've only worked one job that wasn't sales. I was a grocery clerk, and uh, I'm 6'4", so it's like a pretty big deal in the grocery clerk industry. Yeah, noticeable. Yeah, get those top shelves real well. But my friend actually referred me to selling Cutco, which I know you're really familiar with. And uh, I did that for nine years. And then after that, I jumped into real estate investment. So doing acquisitions. And then I did a brief stint selling tech for a company called DeerDoc in New York City, which was a ton of fun, huge learning curve, but you know, extremely rewarding. And then got back into real estate investment. And then now I actually own my own coaching company where I help dads get into best shape of their lives while also winning in business. Yeah. So I, you know, I was looking forward to chatting with you because I'm a big, uh, big fan about uh, around fitness. I have my routine. I'm not going to bore you with the details, but there's something I'm doing in the morning. I just got back from the gym this afternoon, got my steam in after the workout. So, oh, so you're, you're hitting two sessions a day? Yeah, well, the first session's a couple mile walk with the dog, you know, and I'm in Portland, so it's cold, wet, and rainy, but still, you know, getting get my uh, ten thousand steps in every day, some way Perfect. or another. I'm a big believer in uh, the physical fitness piece, so I was doing some research on you, and I saw a story or a post where you were talking about failure, and you were talking about going from the best shape of your life, and you had a photo and looked pretty great to you know, pretty flabby. But this all happened over a period of years while you were crushing some sales targets, getting recognized, doing really well, making a ton of money. I guess I'm curious, you know, what was that all about? What happened? Yeah. So I have a little bit of a different story than most people. When when people get on the heavier side, they're they're typically the ones where like, oh, I was always a heavy kid or I was always heavy. I actually was like what would what somebody might distinguish as like a hard gainer. So it was tough for me to build muscle. It was tough for me to put on weight. So I had a very weird relationship with food where I could kind of eat whatever I wanted and like I'd have abs. 
And of course, I'm sure some <laughs> of the guys that are listening to this are like, all right, where's the bad part? You had abs because you were so skinny. Yeah, I was a twig. I was 6'4", 160 pounds. Like you could like blow me over. Wow. So I started working out when I was 19, same time that I got into sales. And eventually my sales career started to take off after a couple of years, started building my skill set. I was making a good amount of money for somebody who was 21 years old, like sometimes two, three grand a week. So what ends up happening when you're that young and you're making more money than all your friends, you start going to parties, you start going to clubs, you start buying bottle service, and then your metabolism slows down. So because I had such a poor relationship with food, what ends up happening, I got older, I started spending more money, I had these like hyper palatable foods, I just started putting on weight. But I was winning in sales. So I still kind of felt like, all right, you know, like it's all good. Like, I'm fine. And then what ended up happening was I got into management. And then once I got in management and running my own cuckoo office, which went from being a 40-hour-a-week job to like 70, 80, especially those first eight months, I just started packing on weight. And I woke up one day after my best sales year. We were the number one office in Cutco. And uh, for, for new business created. And I was 45 pounds overweight. And my I was telling you this before we got on. Like my tux was too tight. And I was standing there like absolutely miserable because I'm like, my energy's super low. I'm feeling depressed. I'm so tired all the time. I wake up and I'm groggy. I'm by the time it's two or three o'clock in the afternoon, I'm like six coffees deep, just trying to make it through my day. So I was winning so much on the financial side, which growing up, I was always taught like well, how much money you make and things like that. And you base your decisions on where you go in your life. Like how much money are they going to pay you? I'm winning big. Right? I'm making multiple six figures at 26 years old, 27 years old, and I'm miserable yeah. and I'm fat. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting to hear you say that because that's probably not uncommon for a lot of young professionals. And we'll say young men since we're talking about you and, and right now. I don't think that's totally uncommon. And, you know, I think what is you get a little bit older, you know, now I'm, you know, let's say I'm 50 plus. You start to think a little bit more about, um, all right, it's it's a marathon, right? It's not a sprint. It doesn't have to be 70, 80, 80 hours a week. It's that consistent production and trying to find some some of that balance. Well, I'm curious. So, you know, so what did you end up doing? Right after, so when you're the number one office in your category, they give you this ginormous big silver cup. Oh, the silver cup. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just telling a buddy of mine about this because he was like, oh, they give you like a ginormous trophy. I was like, yes, it's so that you can drink a, do, a, a bottle of Dom Perignon out of it. <laughs> so I, I, that next day I woke up and I, told, I was looking at my now wife. She was my girlfriend at the time. And I was like, things need to change. Like, I'm not happy, like outside of work. The only thing I feel like I'm winning in life is my finances. So I ended up hiring a coach at the time because I had no idea how like food worked. Like I didn't know what a macronutrient was. I didn't know how calories worked. I didn't know how exercise played into everything. And I spent the next two years, like almost investing all of my free time into health and fitness where it was like, I was reading books on it. I was studying the materials, listening to all the podcasts. And what ended up happening in 2018 was I readjusted my priorities. So I would always put my business and other people in my business and like my manager at the time, I'd put them above me. If they needed me to do something, whether it was nine o'clock at night or 6.30 in the morning, it was like, if it's going to get done, I'm going to do it, which is a great mentality to have to a degree, right? but eventually it becomes detrimental. 
So I started to readjust my priorities and I realized like if I can take care of myself, I may work less hours, but the quality of work within those hours skyrockets. And then that's how I experienced the quantum growth. So the following year, I worked no more than 50 hours in a week. And we actually ended up selling about 12% more as a team. And I developed, it's really cool for the managers on here, right? Like I developed a great staff. I had a ton of assistant managers that were really helping me around with the business. Like I would had the number one field sales rep in the Northeast region come out of my office. So not only was I quote unquote selling more, making more, I was working less, but because of how I was showing up, I also was developing people within my organization. And as the water rises, so do all the boats. So I'm curious. So as you were going through that process, what was the most noticeable change with like your typical day? You got super focused on the food, the exercise and so on. How was a day then different than a day a year ago? So most people start off like, oh, it's all diet, exercise. I'm going to go keto. Like I'm cutting carbs. Like, <laughs> you want to know what I fixed? You ready? Yeah. I, w- I went to bed. Oh, yeah. I went to bed by 930 every night. That was the first major shift. And what I didn't understand at the time was like when I stayed up till 1030, 1130, answering emails, answering text messages, I was trying to put out fires that like are solve problems that I could just solve the next day. There's the old adage, right? Like, oh, don't put off tomorrow what can get done today. But at what point does it become unnecessary to answer an email at 1130 at night while the other person's sleeping? Right. Or respond to a text or do any of that, 11.30, 11.45. So I was going to bed at midnight, one o'clock in the morning, and I'd wake up at 6.30, 7 o'clock. So the first major adjustment was I just, I turned off all technology at nine and I was in bed by 9.30. And by doing that, the quality of my sleep, I mean, sleep is literally a performance enhancing drug. It is a PED. When you nail nine hours of sleep or eight hours of sleep, you wake up, you're a whole different human being. You show up better. You make better decisions. You also have more grit, right? So you can handle tough conversations better because you're not emotionally exhausted because you're fully restored. Yeah, you're not totally drained. I don't think you, uh, you know, people feel like they're grinding it out. At least I have in the past, right? So I can't, I guess I can't speak for people, but I'll speak for myself. There's been times where I felt like, all right, it is 1030 at night and I'm grinding it out. I'm getting it done. And I know I'm tired, but you know, I'm powering through and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just putting in the hours. But it's until you get that rest, you don't realize, oh, now I can compare and contrast. I felt like I was being productive and I felt like I was doing good work, even though it was late and I was tired or whatever it might have been. But then when I get that sleep and I do that same work with a clearer mind, better emotional balance, you then can appreciate the quality of the work so much more because you've got two sets of data to compare it to. Absolutely. Not only do you do better work, you typically work faster. Yeah. So if I'm staying up till 11 o'clock at night and I'm trying to power through writing a blog post or I'm trying to power through building out my website, it could take me 45 minutes to an hour. But if I'm well rested and I just schedule it for, let's say, 1030 in the morning, I can knock it out in 30 minutes because I'm sharp and I'm ready to show up. So you get some rest, right? Um, You take care of that. Number one. Yeah. What came after that? So what came after that was understanding how macronutrients work and like, what is food? Right. We look at food typically as like this, it's a fun thing, it's a celebratory thing. And I started to really pay attention to like, well, what goes into my mouth? 
because the composition of my food is also going to be the composition of me, right? You are what you eat. That's what we're taught, right? So I started to learn the difference between like how carbohydrates affected you, how fats affected you. And then I switched up my protein from being extremely carbohydrate dependent to being protein dependent because the way that protein synthesizes in your body and how it reflects and what, and, and the quality of the energy that it provides, the way that it rebuilds your tendons and your joints and the way it functions uh, with your muscles and the satiety factor that comes with it. Like I eat like a high protein meal. I'm going to be fuller longer. Right. And if I'm, if I'm sitting here, I'm a sales guy, right? And I got to dial out, dial out, dial out, dial out. If I have a donut and coffee, I'm going to feel great for 30 minutes. Yeah. But 30 minutes later, what do I want? I want another donut and coffee. So how am I going to be the best salesperson I've ever been? If I'm sitting here and I'm dialing phone calls and I'm like, don't pick up, don't pick up. I want a coffee. Don't pick up. I want a coffee. Like That's no way to show up. But if I have four eggs, right? And like maybe like whole grain toast in me, I put beans on my toast, like super British thing my wife taught me, but it's super good for like satiety factor. And I'm not hungry again till noon. I'm work. I'm beating you. Yeah. Because I'm working from nine to 12. I'm not thinking about food. I'm thinking about how am I going to show up on this phone call? How am I going to perform? And I'm sharp. Yeah. You know, my first, uh, my first uh, sales office that I was in when I first moved up here to Oregon, this is, you could smoke indoors, but most people didn't smoke indoors in this particular office, but they had their donut, they had their coffee, and then they had their cigarette break. You know, and it was yeah. like every half an hour and then back on the phones, cranking out calls. It was an inside sales team. So that's funny. Well, so I'm curious, Brian, what about like, uh, you know, so look, sometimes you get hungry, right? And you're out, you, you're going from meeting to meeting. Maybe you're in your car out doing field sales calls. It's hard to eat healthy. What do you recommend as a kind of a health and fitness coach? What do you recommend as a good snack, kind of either breakfast to lunch or lunch to dinner to kind of keep it going if you do get that that craving or you start to feel the energy going down? Yeah. Easiest thing you can do is a protein shake and a banana. Yeah. And it's, it's rock solid. It's going to be 350 calories. It's going to have 30 grams of protein. So you're going to be full. And then the, the electrolytes, like the potassium and sodium that you get from the banana, not to mention the fiber that you're going to get from that is going to increase satiety and it's going to keep you sharp. Now, the next thing I would recommend on top of even worrying about snacks, more than half the time that you're hungry, you're actually thirsty. Mm. So if you're not drinking at least three quarters of a gallon of water a day, I'm sure somebody's going to hear that and they're going to be like, I'm going to be peeing all day, yeah. maybe for a day or two. <laughs> and that's your body flushing itself out. But the two biggest things that plague salespeople is lack of sleep and dehydration. So chances are the reason why you feel like you need to eat something, even though you just had lunch two hours ago, you're not actually hungry. You're thirsty, bro. Like that's, you got to just drink some water. And when you do that, maybe add in a piece of fruit, like an apple, right? If I'm out on the road, Every gas station has protein bars and Fairlife protein drinks. Those are rock solid. What are they called? What kind of protein drinks? Fairlife is the highest quality in my Fairlife, okay. Yeah. You can get one that has like 42 grams of protein. It's like four bucks. Mm. And it's great. Or like a Quest bar or any sort of protein bar that you can get from any gas station, any convenience store. If you have a little bit more time and you want to stop by like a, a, you know, a restaurant or something like that, Chick-fil-A typically has the best macros. Because right? you can get the unbreaded chicken. That's always great. Honestly, you could even stop by. And I tell my clients this. They're always blown away. Go to a Chinese food place and get beef and broccoli. Yeah. It's not the best thing in the world. Because like, you know, the MSG and the sauces. But 
Yeah, there's some sodium in there, but <laughs> yeah, you know, well, for drinking a gallon of water, the sodium is not even going to affect you. So, but it's beef and it's broccoli. It's not the highest quality food, but it's better than you know going and getting McDonald's or going and getting Wendy's and things like that. And there's Chinese food places everywhere. I've always been a big fan of, I eat a ton of apples and I've always got uh, apples in the fridge. If I'm hitting the road, uh, you know, I'll have an apple there, you know, and that's just, a, you know, one, it, it's got a little bit of sweetness. And so it, you know, it quenches some of the, maybe my need for sugar, but also fills you up. Right. And, uh, you know, also the other thing I liked about it is if you are out on sales calls, right. You're not going to get a bunch of, if you're eating like a candy bar or something, you're not going to get a bunch of stuff stuck in your teeth because it's clear. Right. So it's kind of more of a, of a, a vanity thing there. I hope you are enjoying this episode. I wanted to break in with a quick commercial. During the podcast, we sometimes talk about how to invest those hard-earned commission dollars so that you can build that freedom we are all working towards achieving. Now, I built that through 20 years of real estate investing. Now, recently, my team helped me put together a webinar on how top sales pros can create passive income and achieve financial freedom with hands-off real estate investing. Now, I'm still doing this. And as I continue to invest, I'm giving opportunity for others to learn and invest alongside of me. So if you want to learn more, go check out our webinar at hightechfreedom.com forward slash webinar. That is hightechfreedom.com forward slash webinar. We will also put the link in the show notes. Now back to the show. So, Brandon, okay, so you, you talked about the sleep. You talked about the eating. What is your, uh, you know, if you're working with a client, what is a typical recommended fitness routine? Or, you know, what do you personally do to kind of maintain a high level of performance? So I like to keep fitness simple. And I really, I got to take what the client where they're at. Some guys that come to me, like they've been working out for years, but you know, they're doing everything right. They've tried keto. They're going to Orange Theory. They're doing Peloton spin classes on their wife's Peloton bike or their husband's Peloton bike or whatever. And But they look in the mirror and they're frustrated. They're like, why does my body not change? So that's a, that's a different start than where I would take somebody that is coming to me and they're like, I've never worked out. I don't even know what I'm doing. Right? I'm going to start that person off pretty simple. right? And the, the few things that I'm going to talk to them about, we'll just go like foundation. Patients, right? No background. Mm-hmm. The worst thing in the world you can do is go in there and do a 90 minute extreme high intensity or go do orange theory. Because what ends up happening is you're going to sweat a ton and you're going to be sore as all hell. And what ends up happening with people who don't have that habit of going to the gym already, when they get super sore, they take two weeks off. Yeah. And if you're going once every two weeks, you're not getting any. So what I recommend and really what I tell all my clients, if they're starting from what I call like absolute beginnership is I don't program cardio. It's a waste of time, in my opinion. Number one thing is sleep. Number two thing is water. Number three, in terms of fitness, I want you to go to the gym and I want you to do four exercises, three to four sets of each one of those exercises. You can do just pushing like maybe chest and shoulders. Maybe you can come back and do a leg day the next day. I help program all that stuff. But that first two to three weeks of working out, you're in the gym for 20 minutes because I want to elicit muscle growth and I want to elicit stimulus, but I don't want to kill you because if I kill you, you're not going to show up tomorrow. Yeah. And get the habit, you know, make it an achievable habit and get in the habit of doing it and going. 
Exactly. And that's what most people miss is they, they are trying to speed up results. When in reality, especially when it comes to fitness, just like with sales, it's the guy who shows up in prospects every day that wins in the long run. Well, it's the guy or gal that shows up to the gym every day. So whether it's 20 minutes or 30 minutes or 40 minutes or 10 minutes, if you're in the habit of going, that's really where you're going to get that long-term success. Yeah, I'll tell you, Brian. So one of my favorite exercises are push-ups. Well, you're a beast, dude. Well, I don't know about that, but I... Uh, so Nobody my, I says have, that. <laughs> that's awesome. Here's why I like push-ups. Because, right, I mean, it, it works out so many parts of your body, right? Shoulders, chest, back. But, you know, the core, right, all the way down to the hips, the legs, you have a lot of muscles engaged as you're doing a push-up. But you know what? They're hard when you first start. And so I've had this goal. I have a goal this year uh, of doing 30,000 push-ups. And last year, I did 30,000 push-ups. And I, I, don't, I don't say this to brag, but I was thinking about my goal for this year. And I was like, huh, do I try to go big or go bigger than 30,000? I was like, no, nah, you know what? I want to go consistent. I want to do it back-to-back years of 30,000 pushups. And so I was talking to a friend of mine who I hadn't seen in a while. I was like, oh man, you know, how did you get started doing 30,000 pushups? I said, well, I started with 10,000. You know, I had a goal for years of doing 10,000, but before that it was 5,000. You know, now I can crank out, you know, 100, 100 pushups in a day, no problem. But when I started like 10, maybe, you know, you just have to oh, slowly yeah. work at it. And, you know, my view was always not to crush it in any one day. It was really to just consistently do it and crush it for the year. And, you know, now it's, now it's just sort of part of my life and addictive and I don't even have to think about it and I can move on to the next bigger challenge. So I throw it out there to the listeners, get started, push-up challenge. You know, if you're doing push-ups, uh, you know, send me your goal, drop me a note, send me a DM. I'd love to hear what you're, what you're trying to accomplish here uh, for the rest of this year, maybe 2023. And don't get discouraged if you start on your knees. Cause I did. Yeah. Great point. So Brian, you're now full-time uh, coaching and helping mostly dad professionals is my understanding. Yeah. D- dads in sales and entrepreneurship. Yep. Okay. If uh, somebody wanted to reach out to you, what's the best way to connect up? Well, Instagram is definitely where I, I also spend the most amount of time. So you can follow me at, uh, at dad got jacked. It's the name of my program as well. Dad got jacked. All right. Dad got jacked. Um, you can also connect with me on on Facebook as well. It's facebook.com forward slash Brian Scuderi. Obviously, read my name and uh, <laughs> the title notes. It's hard to say out loud. Yeah. Definitely. Well, so I'm curious, Brian. So you are now, uh, you're doing this. You've transitioned from sales and, and some real estate to doing this now. Long term, what does the future look like for you? Where do you want to grow this? What, what do you want it to be when you get older? Well, yeah, that's a great question. So really what I look at this turning into is the reason why I wanted to work with dads. I recently just had my first daughter. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. She's 16 weeks old this week, uh, which is really cool. She's in six days. She'll be four months old. Wow. I tell my wife, I'm like, I thought 16 weeks is four months. And she goes, no, it's not. <laughs> so I'm still learning how, you know, how, how that whole thing works. Yeah. Trust me. She knows, she knows exactly what she's talking about. Yeah. I've gotten really good at just asking questions, you know, and what should I do now? <laughs> So I really have fallen in love with being a great father. And, and I was blessed. I had my dad is a very, very interesting character. He had a very different life growing up than he gave me. And um, he worked his tail off to make sure that both me and my brother had an amazing opportunity. And I look at that as like, I personally believe that a father is an extremely significant part in the development of whether it's a boy or a girl's life. 
right? And this isn't taking away from moms, by the way. This right. is just saying that additionally to moms, having a very significant father figure, that leadership on a, from a male perspective as well, but also very well-rounded individual. So where I really see this taking off is I've kind of watched my generation of new fathers struggle because they don't really know, like, am I supposed to be the tougher dad? Am I supposed to be the more uh, like emotionally connective dad? And really those are the questions that I had. So as I'm learning to become a dad, I'm also sharing not only like fitness, health, what I see this really growing into is just a network of dads all looking to improve themselves in every facet of their life. And by doing so, we can create an, a massive community. My goal is nationwide, obviously, international community of dads that are showing up as the best possible version of themselves for their family. Because when the father shows up 100%, he helps the mom show up 100%. And when the two of you combine together, make that team, the kids are given an unbelievable opportunity. And they're, they're developed in such a way that allows them to be the highest expression of themselves. And that's how we grow in this world, right? Legacy, in my opinion, isn't necessarily how much real estate do I have, how much money. And although I want to pass all those things over to my children, where really the legacy comes from the character traits that they inherit from me being their father and the lessons that they learn from me. And if I can challenge myself on a health and fitness and business lifestyle, and I'm constantly pushing myself to be the best for, for version of myself and I'm building a community around that, my kids are only going to become better versions of themselves as well. Oh, I love it. I uh, I just think that's such an admirable plan. It's to your, your own story when you first got started. I think you know, time gets away from people, especially when you're young and you're just starting and you're kind of just getting into the workforce and you're trying to build up a career and you're trying to build up a brand. And maybe you're a little bit insecure about where you fit in the whole model of business or, or your company. And so you put all your energy into that and life is balanced, man. And, uh, you know, when you put all your energy into one thing, you know, like your health suffers, the family suffers, and it's not typical for a male man and father to want to go out and ask for help or go ask, you know, somebody that, you know, they're not real tight with about, um, or ask for guidance and advice. And so kind of starting to build that, that network up and putting that focus out there, I think it's just such a great, great cause. And, um, I think that'll pay off for a lot of people in the long run. So nice work. I appreciate that. Yeah. That's yeah. my goal. Help as many dads as possible. Well, Brian, is there, before we wrap up, is there anything else that you would like to share with the audience? Yeah, I would just say as long as you start to, the biggest thing, if I could leave anyone with any note, is it's not selfish if you're taking care of yourself so you can be better for other people. I, bal I battled with that internally for so many years because I'm a natural people pleaser. I'm the youngest in my family. You know, my brother, and he's going to chuckle if he listens and say he was a bit of a troublemaker. So I was the son who would like try to, do everything right so mom wouldn't be mad. <laughs> and, and it's like a weird thing. And I figured that out about two years ago and it helped me understand myself. And it, it clicked because I used to have so much guilt when I'd go to the gym. I'd have so much guilt if I said, no, honey, I'm not going to eat that. I'm going to eat this because I know this helps me towards my goals. Or no, no I'm not going to go stay out in AC just because you want to go clubbing, that doesn't line up and align with who I am as a person or what I want to accomplish. And I'd feel bad saying no. And I'd be like, am I being selfish? 
But it's not selfish if you're making these decisions so you show up better so you can give more to everybody else. Like, because I don't stay out till 4 a.m., I was a great husband and father the next day because I wasn't massively hungover and like in, you know, disdain on the couch all day. And we went for a great walk and blah, blah, blah. We went to the, the, the petting zoo the next day. Right. And it's like, I was a great dad. I was dad of the year. Yeah. So, but if I would have stayed out, you know, so oh, yeah. we think like, oh, saying no, there's a great book called The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. Have you ever read that book? I have not. Dude. Shut the podcast down now. Everybody needs to read that book. But he has something called an enlightened no. And when you know who you are as a man or as a person, I should say, because I'm sure you have women that listen to this podcast. But when you know who you are as a person and you only make decisions that are in line perfectly with that version of yourself that you're either creating or you're becoming or who you are, then that's an enlightened no. Right? There's nothing wrong with saying no to that. So it's not selfish if what you're doing allows you to show up as the best person your business, your team, and your people. Well, I'm adding that to the list of uh, books. Well, so this is the beauty of sales, right? We all went into sales so we could uh, control our own schedule. We could go golfing. We could cut out on Friday early. So there's no reason why you can't just schedule in a gym time right in the middle of the day. I mean, go do it at 10 a.m. You know, go bust, uh, do some sales calls for a couple hours, do your prospecting, pipeline building, whatever it is. So I have a friend of mine, I won't say his name, but he is maniacal about working out in the morning and he's incredibly fit. And every morning we used to sometimes meet up in the afternoon, but now he's every morning around 10 AM he's in the gym. And, uh, and then he just eats kind of at his desk as he's working or out on the road or whatever. Um, but he gets it done and, and, uh, he has been a number one sales rep and a number two sales rep and a top 5%. He goes to club every year. He's not missing out because he takes an hour and a half or an hour and works out in the middle of the middle of the day. And to your point, right? He's more effective and more efficient. So just book it. hundred percent. I trained for a marathon when I did tech sales, I would in the middle of the afternoon, I'd go run five miles and then come back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Brian, really appreciate the time today. Really nice to meet you and uh, look forward to speaking with you again. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me on. You're welcome. Appreciate it. Thanks again for joining us today. To get more sales and real estate tips, you can subscribe to our newsletter at hightechfreedom.com. You can also join our private Facebook and LinkedIn group that is exclusively for sales professionals. If you found a nugget of good information in the podcast, please subscribe, give us a positive rating, and write a review. If there is a topic that you would like us to cover in the future, please send us a note through our website at hightechfreedom.com. Until next week, make this your best week ever.